How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Yes, how we doing once again, my friend, and welcome to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And of course, I am your host, Dr. Rob, and as always, I am filled with enthusiasm and joy and just looking forward to bringing you another podcast. And I would just want to put it out there, sort of a disclaimer this is that time of year where we go from winter to spring and and it seems like every year i catch some kind of cold i i don't feel under the weather but i have i have been sniffling and coughing and things of that sort and i'm going to try to spare you of that but i just wanted to mention that a sniffle or two might leak through and i don't want to be rude But some of these things, you know, they just happen when they happen. So with that said, today we're going to talk about what I think is an interesting topic, nature versus nurture. And the idea here is just to see, you know, to give you an opportunity. You know, sometimes we may self-reflect and wonder why we do what we do, why we behave the way we behave, and where those influences come from. And, of course, the discussion of nature versus nurture somehow always seems to seep in. And so, with that said, i just like to, you know, so I did some research on the subject, and When this whole debate started, nature versus nurture, it started around the year 1869. That's a long time when, when, and the phrase was coined by an English polymyth. What is an English polymyth? Well, polymyth is a person who has wide ranging knowledge and learning. And his name was Francis Galton, G-A-L-T-O-N. And so, why is nature versus nurture important? Well, because people want to know about the interplay between nature and nurture. You know, identifying which genes and which environments are having an effect on us that influence us. And it, and that can be difficult to determine and even somewhat complicated. And I have to say, I'm going to put this right up front. I'm not really trying to go deep into this as 
as I am not a scientist, but I think it's a good topic or, or subject to discuss because it, you know, our environment, meaning I'm going to use our environment, our neighborhood, you know, our parents, that that is what influences us to be who we are and 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 nurture where we how we were nurtured where we get out nurturing from and so but we're not going to I'm going to touch lightly on some of the gene things and the gene coding but just very 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 lightly give you a diet version of that and I just really want to focus more on um, nature and nurture, but let me let me just keep it moving. So, because when we talk about nature versus nurture, we're talking about a complex system that links our DNA, you know, with our behavior, and it's like a a network of genetic and environmental pathways that intersect. Now, what did I just say? I just said this topic could be complicated. And if we discuss it by linking uh, your DNA to your behavior, that's not what we're going to do. And as I said earlier, we're going to discuss this in a more simplified fashion. You know, one that we can have fun with and just, you know, kind of raise some awareness to who we are and why we behave and, and 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 act the way we do. So why is nurture important? Because nurture, you know, is the is that thing that we get from our parents, our guardians, our grandparents, and and that is the thing that, you know, and I've I've discussed this on, on other podcasts that the you know the nurturing part is, I believe, as a therapist, as a social worker, is the part that kind of gives us the glue to hold ourselves together from developing trust and feeling insecure. I'm sorry, and feeling secure because the opposite is of that is if we don't have a say a good co- cohesive set of um, nurturing experiences that can lead to us not, you know, being a trusting person, not feeling secure, and so many other things. So nurture, the the whole, the idea of nurturing is very important because it it shapes us, you know, into who we are as men and women. And if we have, you know, just say, you know, some some theories, you know, there's a theory out there called the attachment theory. And that's a, a nurturing theory that says if you have good attachment with your primary caregiver, be it your 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 bio mom, your your father, your grandparents, or even your adopted parents or however you were Raised. If you have good attachment experiences, then, as I said a few minutes ago, that's the glue that kind of holds us together internally. You know, helps us to uh, to be more trusting, feel more secure, have good self esteem. Like, in other words, if your needs as a baby were met, 
you know, when your diaper was wet, if it was changed consistently, if when you were hungry, you know, you received that bottle on a consistent basis, if you got the hugs and and the baths and all the things that contribute to being a parent, taking care of a baby, if if those if that's the way you were nurtured, then you know what and not Dr. Rob, but what these theorists Theorists and psychologists say is that you'll be off to a good start in your life, just as if you did not receive consistent attention when it comes to when it came to your hunger and changing your pampers and the love and kisses. If you sort of, you know, if those things happen on an inconsistent basis, then they say, you know, the theorists say that. You know, that can lead to one feeling insecure, lacking trust, and then having a whole other view of life and the world. You know, it could be low self-esteem. And then God forbid, if part of your nurturing experiences included some type of physical or sexual abuse, then the whole nurture thing is out the window, okay, because that would be considered if you are abused sexually or physically as a child, as a baby, as a toddler, then that is what we call in therapy a rupture. So now we are out of the realm of nature versus nurture. We're in the realm of nature versus rupture and the effect and the far ranging, you know, um, ramifications of that. So, you know, just to keep it in perspective and to um, give you an idea of what, you know, nurturing, what really goes into nurturing, you know, the the environment, I'm going to use the environment as the, the, the nature of this topic as opposed to, you know, your genes and your DNA. You know, as I said, I'm going to give you a diet version of that and just touch upon that. But I wanted to speak a little more about what goes into nurturing, especially, you know, from our primary caregivers, being our mothers, grandmothers, um, foster parents, adopted parents. However, you may, you know, you were raised. So essentially, this is or that is the the you know pretty much the essence of the nurture factor and its potential impact on our lives in one way or another. And for those of of you who do not subscribe to the whole attachment theory of nurturing, and there there are others, object relations. And it and it kind of speaks to the same thing, the care, the consistent care that you receive from your primary caretakers can determine, you know, whether or not you feel good about yourself and life or whether or not you do not feel good about yourself and life. And so I just wanted to point it out. So that's what I subscribe to. Now, you may have a different perspective as to how nurturing comes into play in your life or in other lives as well. But I just wanted to to share that 
perspective with you from a therapeutic perspective. So let's let's look at the um, the the nature position. I just wanted to add a, a, a caveat to that position and you know, as I just spoke about early life attachment, um, I just want to also add that since we're going to talk about nature as the environment, depending on how you 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 were nurtured, can pretty much you know, according to these psychologists and theorists, the way you were nurtured really can influence you know, the way you thrive or do not thrive in your uh, environment. Environment meaning, you know, the nature aspect of this discussion. Like, for instance, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that if one, if a child is abused in one way or another, that's not nurturing, that's a rupture. And there are statistics that show that children who are either sexually or physically abused are more in, inclined to have encounters with the criminal justice, to, um, excuse me, with the criminal justice system, and that would be due to the rupture that I am talking about. And so, you know, again, that just speaks to the idea as I was trying to point out earlier, that if the nurturing is good, then psychologists say that you will be good in terms of as an individual. And that would be the nurturing or the nurtured experience in your in your life, okay, so to speak. And so let's just keep it moving. And so with regard to the nature aspect of this discussion, what about those influences? You know, how does nature influence our personality? And what do I mean? Again, I'm saying that the nature aspect of this discussion refers to, you know, your physical personality traits, which are, you know, genetically inherited. You know, um, they say that the coding of our genes determine our physical appearance. You know, how tall, how tall we are, how short we are, whether or not we are big boned or small boned you know, uh, who you look like. Do you look just like your mother or your father or both your parents? You resemble your uncles or your aunts. That's what the genetic coding does. And um, if you recall earlier, I said I was was not going to discuss the nature part of this discussion as it relates to our DNA. I just wanted to touch on it here and there. Okay, and so today I'm going to discuss the nature aspect based on, you know, the neighborhood, your environment that we grow up in, just for simplicity purposes, so we can have some fun with the nature versus nurture topic. Anyway, as they say, or anywho, 
the effect of nature on our behavior and the environment effect regarding nature versus nature on our behavior. Um, you know, the nature may have something to do with some of your tendencies that resemble or, you know, that you, you were influenced by your, by your parents or your, you know, one of your uncles. So, I'm going to ask, what do you what do you think about, you know, how do you think about nature and its effect on you, your neighborhood, your parents' behavior? How, if you if you if you know or have have, have you thought about how has, you know, the nature of your growth influenced who you are today? Because that's what this is really about. Do you feel like you are more influenced by your, you know, by nurture or are you more influenced by nature? And so, you know, I, I think I am a good mix of both. I, I definitely would have to say, I mean, you know, as a baby, I don't know how I was nurtured, you know, but I do feel secure. I do have a trusting kind of spirit about me. And, um, you know, my self-esteem is good, so I'm going to assume that before my mother died, she took good care of me from a nurture uh, perspective. Now, from a nature perspective, that was a whole other, a whole other scenario, if you will. But I'm going to say that as far as I am concerned, I think my overall influences in my life come from you know the my mother's side of my family because what i have found on my father's side you know my my mother's side is more about you know the the hugs the the the, the, the love you know you know we family and we you feed each other look out for one another and and my father's side has that also but just kind of overall my my father's side they they seem to me as i was growing up to be more about status you know where you're going to college where did your son graduate from college what law school your daughter is going to and they my father's family had more of that aloof type of highfalutin, you know, lifestyle, you know, more showy, look at me type of energy. Whereas my mother's family, as I said, they, they seem to show more care, more concern. You know, my mother's side is, is more like, you know, that side of the family didn't have a lot of money. They were more about the love and good food and happiness and good Christmases. You know, that, that kind of thing. I really enjoyed. It was good being, I don't want to say poor because we weren't necessarily poor, poor, but we were rich in terms of, you know, the, the love and care and family get-togethers. And so when I look at the nature of my upbringing, I, I think I'm more aligned with, you know the behavior and values that come from my my mother's side of the family you know um 
you know, even as a child, I, I heard a lot about how smart my mother was. Um, and as you know by now, if you listen to me enough, you'll know that she passed away. But also, you know, my father seems to be a learned man. And so, you know, I too, you know, have been uh, called or considered to be intelligent. So I, I could attribute my intelligence to, you know, both of my parents. But when I sum it all up, I believe that I am most influenced by the the genes and the good nature from my mother's side of the family. And, you know, that would stem, you know, from my grandmother, Dearest. We used to call her Dearest because that's as far back as I go in terms of really being close to a second or third generation with my family. So what say you? How have you been influenced most by nature or nurture? It, these kind of things are good to know, to self-reflect and get a better understanding of who you are. And so we'll pick up this discussion on the other side of the break. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. Okay, welcome back. Now, I'm just going to move into the nature being the neighborhood where I came up, my 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 Harlem upbringing, I believe you know that I I I do have a certain toughness about me that I I believe definitely stems from my Harlem upbringing because see you know coming up in a loving environment you know in my home that I mentioned a few minutes ago. You know, once I went outside to play, it was a different story. I went from the hugs and, and kisses from my mother, chocolate chip cookies and milk that my mother gave me to get to to getting pushed around outside. It seemed like before I could play with the kids in the neighborhood. And this is when I was, you know, I'm going to say five, six years old, you know, going outside to play, right? You know, because I grew up in a public housing project. And so you go outside, be 5,000 kids out there looking to play. 
But what I had found in the early goings is, you know, like I said, I was was very comfortable in inside the apartment with my mother. But once I stepped outside, it seems like I had to fight first in order to play, in order to become with friends. Now, it's like I wasn't a rough, I was not a rough and tumble kid. And I did not like to fight. But that was the nature of my upbringing early on outside of the house, growing up in the projects. Things got so bad that one time I was surrounded by some kids. And this, you know, we were all new to one another. You know, this is the early days. We were all little kids. And I was in the summertime. I was surrounded by some kids. And I knew them all, you know, but at the same time, as much as we knew, you know, one another, one of them put a firecracker in my back pocket and the firecracker exploded. Now, I did not get hurt when the when the firecracker exploded in my back pocket. It just scared me and everybody else thought it was very funny. And these are the kind of things that went on for a while. And there were times when, when I had to get my big sister to fight some of my battles because, you know, in the projects, I was a little punk. And I would, I will admit to that because I did not like to fight. And personally, I was scared to fight, you know. And when my sister was not around, I would get my cousin Joey, you know, to fight some of my battles whenever he came to visit me. And, and I'm telling you, it was... It was somewhat hectic. And so you can imagine this, this, you know, this was the process that made me tough. And um, I say that because there was always something. And I was always running to get help from my big sister or my cousin Joey. And, uh, of course, eventually... You know, I met some nice friends, my friend Dwayne and Dennis and Dwight and Darren and Charles. And and crazy enough, we are still friends to this day. But before that, it was just consistent harassment from this one and that one bothering me in the neighborhood. Oh, my God. Then one day, I'll never forget this. This guy, Norman, he, Norman was in the sixth grade and I was a fourth grader and Norman, he was bothering me in the projects. So I went to get my cousin Joey to fight Norman for me, you know, cause Joey was my guy. Joey was rough and tumble and Joey knew how to fight. So I went to get Joey and we went to look for Norman. And when we saw, we saw Norman, we found him. And I was like, there he is, Joey. And Joey saw him. You know, Norman was like a tall, skinny sixth grader. And I was, you know, a little shorter, chubby fourth grader. And Joey said, hey, Bob, you can take that guy. I said, what? No, nah, no, nah, that's why I got you to fight him. He said, no, Bob, you can take him. You go ahead and handle that. And so... In the middle of me looking for Joey for help, looking to Joey for help, he's like, no, you can handle that. To my surprise, 
I got into the fight with Norman, and I won the fight. But not only did I win the fight with Norman, I mean, this was this was big. This was a life changing experience. I put the smackdown on Norman, and that fight changed my life in two big ways. One, I was never afraid of anybody else from that day on up until now. And also, Norman was friends with a with a another bully in my class. This guy, I'll never forget him. His name was Vernon Alec. And now Vernon never bothered me directly, but he bothered other classmates of mine that and so his Bully energy was too close to me before this fight, and it made me very uncomfortable. But after the smackdown that I put on his friend Norman, Vernon became very, very nice to me. And from that moment forward, I I own Vernon. And I don't want to say that facetiously, but I started, his behavior changed, and he started to you know, be very accommodating to me. And I never, I never felt uncomfortable around Vernon again. But the big lesson from all of this is not only did I gain my courage from the fight, but also I saw that if you stood up to a bully, they will not bully you anymore. That experience changed my life. And so I wasn't, you know, at first I was influenced by the constant harassment and bullying in my neighborhood, which I developed a real mental toughness. And that is with me today. And I guess in some strange way, I needed that for my life as it helped me on the block and in the boardroom in corporate America because, you know, there are a lot of bullies at work. There are a lot of bullies at work. And then as I move on, from there I transitioned into high school. And I think that's where, well, I don't think, I know for sure that that is definitely where my style of dress came from. I was influenced by these these cats from the west side of Harlem. See, I grew up in on the east side of Harlem, and it was great, but the west side of Harlem was where all the cool guys, you know, and I know that because my my grand my grandmother lived on the west side of Harlem. And so I spent a lot of time on the west side of Harlem and visiting other family members who lived on the West Side. So the West Side was the cool guys. They knew how to dress. They knew all the latest sayings. And then it was the guys in my high school from Lenox Avenue. We used to call them the L.A. boys. You know, they sold drugs. And then they came to school with some of the most finest flamboyant clothing you could ever see. And they used to stand around in the hallways looking good. And when I saw that, I was inspired. I wanted to dress like that. But I was not interested in selling drugs. 
Instead, I got me a part-time delivery job. And I be, you know, I started saving my money. I found out where they shop for their clothes. And I worked myself into, I worked my way into becoming one of the best dressed kids in high school because I was heavily influenced by the L.A. boys. Now, those were the good old days. Nature versus nurture. You put it all together, and what do we have? We have a big old you, meaning you or me. Now, my college and graduate school education, I would consider, you know, the thing that topped everything off. And, you know, because at Fordham University, I was heavily influenced by that experience. It was a great experience. And then on to NYU, where I got a master's degree in human resources and labor relations. I think at that point, I actually self actual self-actualized I loved human resources and labor relations and I just became the consummate professional in employee rela- employee relations excuse me my voice is breaking up because of this in between season cold that I'm experiencing so before it gets any worse for me I'm going to wrap it up But in closing, I would like to ask you, if you are happy with who you are today based on the combination of your nurture versus nature, and the answer for me is a resounding yes. I am happy with who I am today, and I wanted to ask you, are you happy with who you are today as a result of you know, hopefully you taking some time to reflect on your experience between your nature versus nurture. It'd be nice to hear from you regarding that. You know how to reach me. You can reach me by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. Please let me know if you are happy today with the person you are based on your nature versus nurture for now that's a wrap on this topic and thanks again my friend for spending time with me jogging with me driving with me listening to me downloading me i am thankful and i appreciate your support until we meet again my friend be nice to somebody you don't know and remember that love is an action not a word and it's not supposed to hurt i'll talk to you later peace in the middle east and ukraine as well as we wrap up this show i hope this topic helped you to grow and now you know a little bit more than you knew before If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. 
To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work, finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.